0: You're listening to the My Three Picks Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Ages. On each episode of the show, we'll be talking with some really interesting people who will be sharing three of their favorite pictures with us. Maybe it'll be pictures they've been in, pictures they've taken, or pictures they just really like. But the common thing between all the pics will be that there's something important or meaningful to those pictures that has had an impact on their lives somehow. So sit back, get comfortable, and let's get on with the podcast. All right, welcome back to the show. It's episode ten of the My Three Picks podcast On today's show, uh, I'm super excited. I'm really grateful that uh, my guest has taken time out of the day. He has he has a young child at home, and we were just talking about the pitfalls of doing things around children. So I don't think any of our children will be interrupting the podcast, but we'll see how that goes. I'm talking to Blake Jorgensen today. Jo- Blake is a Blake is a, celebrated outdoor photographer. He's based in Whistler, British Columbia. And in terms of you know Blake's clients and the people he works with, he's got it's a long list. And I'm not I'm not going to get into all of them, but he, you're definitely going to recognize some of them. So so folks like Red Bull, Under Armour, Patagonia, Rosignal, Adidas. It's a long list, it goes on, but we don't we don't have an hour or two hours today to get through them all. So I'm going to stop there. But there's a theme to Um, Many of Blake's clients, and I think some of those words that come to mind are adventure, outdoors, and just pure enjoyment. So, And we'll get into that on the show a little bit more. Um, Before we get started, though, uh, interestingly, Blake and I were chatting before the episode uh, a week or two ago, and we started talking about the idea of how how pervasive just the influence of photography has become in our lives since the advent of digital photos. And that's just blossomed so much more with uh, platforms like social media platforms like Instagram and others. Everybody's taking photos, everybody's sharing them, This is it, which is a good thing, but it's definitely changed the nature of being a photographer uh, today in a lot of ways. And it's also changed the way the nature, uh, excuse me, changed the nature of the way the audience sees, experience, and evaluates those photos too. So we we will definitely chat about that. But first off, Blake, welcome to the show, and thanks for coming on.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's so great. So there's no <clears throat> there's no appetizer today in terms of, uh, you know, getting into the podcast in a nice, easy way. We're going to get straight to the main stuff. So getting back to the intro there, like, do you think that that idea of kind of mass access uh, to viewing and producing images has been a good thing in generally for photography?
1: Um, you know, I think that there's people I remember you know, the first half of my career was in film and, you know, probably more in digital now, but I remember when there was, you know, the kind of a, everybody was kind of switching over and and there was definitely a lot of resistance. A lot of people were anti-digital and said, whatever, yeah, you know, it's not art or whatever they wanted to justify of how it was bad. But I now, when I look back at it now, I feel like media was a one way street. It was, uh, you could look at it. You could look at photos. You could look at magazines. You could look at movies. You could, you you could look, but to swing the door the other way for you to actually create and reach out to someone else was super hard. Yeah. You know, and I think, uh, that digital didn't take the art out of it. It just took a lot of hurdles and a lot of discipline that was required for you to be able to um, express yourself and create images and, and show them to other people. Like, I just think of like shooting slide film and negative film and developing it and, yeah, and yeah. you know, always working within your head or work with the people that you're shooting. You know, you have no way of re- reviewing the stuff, just, um just your communication and what's in your head and there's just all these these hurdles that that made it harder and not only harder to create the stuff but harder to show it and get it out there right so really like there's there's this mystique or romance of like being a photographer that was just like being a wizard of being able to
0: (laughs) It's not, so it's
1: not true anymore. Oh no. Wave this magic wand and communicate in a way that no one else either can or wants to, or, or whatever, you know? Right. Right. Whereas now I think that that, that identity of, of photography has kind of disappeared and it's just completely openly ready for anybody to, to use. Um, mm-hmm. there's no, um, you no know, special treatment of, of the people that, and I think that that's why people maybe had an aversion to digital is they're like, well, I'm going to lose all my special, right. um, in, you know, insider info and pass here. If, if, if it's, if it's this successful,
0: right, right, right.
1: Uh, that's kind of where a lot of the f- fear came in.
0: Um, you know, when digital, I was happy when digital photography, um, you know, started to kind of, well, blew up basically, you know, because it just did provide, and I still love it for that reason of just, it provides so much room for experimentation. Right. And if something goes wrong, uh, unlike film, you know, there's not as much of a, 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 literally like a cost to it. Um, But I do, I, I mean, I admittedly, I do still find it a bit interesting too when people are like, oh I'm, you know i'm shooting in film today and look at the film and you know and everybody's like oh the good old days of film you know and they and there's a certain kind of granularity or texture to the photos um, which i don't feel a part of so much because i didn't have that experience in film so much
1: yeah it's you know, i remember back then um, i was i was disappointed one thing i was totally computer illiterate so yeah, yeah the idea of having anything to do with computers was, uh, was scary. Mm -hmm. Um, I also felt at that particular point, you know, I already been shooting for like um, quite a while, like almost 10 years. Yeah. And um, I felt like I had film and lights and using my light meter and just a whole bunch of things. I just felt like I had them mastered. Right. You know, and I felt like I developed, put a lot of effort into putting in a system of getting images out there. Yeah. And and yeah, the whole idea of losing that and starting again was scary. But what I also realized is when I did switch to digital, I actually achieved a great amount of success because I was actually able to roll over all that stuff. And even though there was a lot of people, there was a, a, a surge of people getting into it. Mm -hmm. um they they didn't have what i have and and actually some of my 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 biggest stepping stone as i was a success in action sports was right after switching to digital so yeah um the fears didn't line up with reality (laughs) yeah yeah no definitely
0: Live in Whistler. Um I I I I I expect you participate in many of the same adventure sports that you take pictures of too. Is that true?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I first started, it was the, the whole concept was trying to fuse um or you know, even even before you're trying to make a career out of it, it was it was all about lifestyle and the desire to document this lifestyle but there was it was funny because you know there was no way you couldn't even like email photos you know like to show like the people that you were shooting with we used to like sit around in like an old a-frame and whistler and like with a slide projector Mm -hmm. and, and uh look at photos of what we shot like you know, two weeks before or whatever. Yeah. It was, that was really cool because I think it was really just about the energy of of sharing something that you created together with those people, even yeah. though it was very rudimentary, the whole, you know, even though technologies change a lot, um, but I think the ideas of, of why you're doing it is still the same. Right, right.
0: Well, let's, let's look at your first picture uh, that you chose to share with me. And again, for those who are just following along, um, on the website. So if you go to, uh, my website, which is markagesphotography.com and then go to the, my three picks podcast and under Blake's uh, name, you'll see the three images we're going to just uh, be talking about today. And so the first image is, um, mid jump person on a bike. So what's tell me about this one. I mean, you know, cool shot for sure.
1: Yeah, so I, I wanted to pick a photo that just sort of described that particular time in my photographic journey. And um that was definitely a time where I was just starting to be like, okay, you know, I think there's there, there's I can get published in magazines and get my photos seen. And that was super exciting. Mm-hmm. And um people were starting to like buy photos. Mm-hmm. Um as well. So I was like, okay, there's, there's, there's now a way to fuse this really cool lifestyle with maybe a way to, um, you know, work or, or, or maybe this is the ticket to not working. It's it's really the proper way to look at it at that that (laughs) particular time. And I started working with, with, you know, athletes, skiers and mountain bikers that, that had the same, um, mindset they were just on the other side of the camera they're like let's try and make a make a living and a lifestyle out of this and we won't have to do our our day jobs anymore yeah yeah so this particular image here was is with a, a a skier and mountain biker that i worked with a lot earlier in my career named richie Schley, and um it was also at the time when this entire biking scene that has spread across the whole planet. Right. And this, this photo is taken on a trail called a line, which is probably the most famous and most ridden mountain bike trail on the planet. And Richie called me up. He like, we gotta go. He, he'd been working with the Whistler bike park and convinced them that they need to make a, a groomed. Um, trail version of like groomed slopes on on the ski hill to make it accessible and it needs jumps sure it needs jumps so that was the very first jump the excavator is actually around the corner out of the frame (laughs) the trail hasn't even been built yet right um and we're up there shooting the first jump that had been created that that, i think that that photo just resonates how about being just sort of ahead of the curve um You know, sort of being on the forefront of what's about to come yeah. is so powerful. Um, yeah. On on the content and and working with people, and then at uh, that particular time, because I was shooting slide film, um, you know, slide film it was was a lot trickier to shoot than digital. You had to pay for it, and you had to be pretty much within. One third of a stop of your exposures or, or no one would publish it. Right. So I took this darkroom course at like a s- school in Vancouver mm-hmm. and I started making prints uh in a in the basement of the house that I lived in in Whistler. Okay. And that was my first X ex- because I I thought that well, I could have greater creative freedom um making prints. And then the other thing that's really cool is I can make copies of them. Mm. I could make 20 different copies of this photo and send it to magazines all around the world. And I wouldn't worry about losing it. Whereas slides, I could only send one Right, at FedEx it there. And who knows if you're going to get it back. Right, right. So it was, this is was sort of like where my career and my head and everything was kind of happening at this particular time, um, yeah. both creatively and, and professionally
0: like, and you mentioned this kind of worldwide movement of, uh, adventure sport imagery that was happening at time. Where, where were you finding like a lot of that energy was coming from? Was it coming from like, like skate parks in, in, in the States, like that kind of, uh, not, not guerrilla photography but that, that, you know, I think this imagery kind of is, is evocative of that, you know, it's kind of like, you know it's mid-action there's a there's an edginess sort of to it and i think that there's a there's this kind of a carryover i think from from some you know skate imagery too would you do you think that's true
1: oh for sure i think that, that you know you hear it in a variety of different genres even like music and, and whatever where there's a photographer that feels like they're on the they're hanging with the band or the group of people that is, is revolutionary revolutionizing something and something is happening that doesn't exist before. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's not only the bike park, but the entire free ride mountain bike scene hadn't been started yet. And it was literally birth in Vancouver Whistler, you know, um, so, and you know, even even in terms of uh, the, 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 there, there was nobody to really follow. There was very, very few. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other photographers that, that, that were older than me mm-hmm. um, that, that, that I knew and, and I, I am, admired them. Um, mm-hmm. um, they had great success in like snowboarding and skiing. And they're like, oh, this biking thing is really taking off. So, okay. Um, I was able to kind of just be like, Oh, something, something th- th- there's a, there's a part of the photography that, that makes you feel like there's th- this, this is the start of something who knows where this is going to go. But, right, right, um, the fact that we're right here at the beginning is something that's really cool and, and yeah. really raw, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's there's an enormous amount of thought uh, that goes into your shots, and I and again I'm not I I certainly would not say I'm a master in post production by any stretch of the imagination, um, but that's something that also really jumped out at me from your work too was that there your shots are just so polished like do you I'm not trying to give away any trade secrets here or anything but like. Do you, do you spend a lot of time or do you have people you work with who spend a lot of time on that aspect of, of your photography?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, um, the post work has always been very important because I've always felt that um, even right back to the beginning, um, what we were doing is, is a very stylized form of, of photojournalism and, and it's very exaggerated and, and or the experience is very um, exaggerated and romanticized. I think a lot more beyond than just straight up journalism, right? Um, you know, so there's a lot of creativity that I think gets added in because, really, in the beginning, I think what really was attractive to this world is that um, you're. I was always kind of, to a certain degree, working for myself and okay. working for my own personal. Um, Visual image, um, even the photos that I sold were pretty much mostly sold as stock photography, um, and then people started hiring me for shoots as things went on. But because magazines was such a big part of the whole equation, and your name is always with the photo in the magazine, with the writers, with your friends that had these relationships, you're always to a certain part always photographing for. That um, that identity and that look that you've created, yeah, um, which I thought was really cool. That was like the driving force of it all. Whereas you know now that I do more commercial work, you become a lot more anonymous, right? You know, magazines are not a part of the equation. The client obviously doesn't put your name on the photos. No one, no one knows that's you that shot it in the campaign, so to speak. But yeah. with with all those years in action sports, um, people know, people know your style. They know who you are, they, and and um, you are you are definitely creating this this these these images um, for that identity and for that look. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought that that was really cool.
0: You know, just in general, and I don't think it's necessarily true for for uh, photography either. But I I kind of believe that. Generally, or hopefully, people end up spending their time doing things uh, that they love, either for work or great or, or hobbies, that somehow match their own persona or their own kind of sense of themselves. Do you, do you feel lucky slash fortunate to kind of be doing what you're doing?
1: Oh, for sure. I think it's, you know, one of the greatest things that... that, that um, has ever happened to me in all pretty much the majority of all the best experiences of my life have come from photography in one way, shape, or form, tons of travel, tons of great friends and relationships. Um, and just tons of really exciting things that I would never get to see or experience. Um, yeah. If, if uh, no matter how much money I was willing to spend on it, it would still wouldn't happen. You know? Sure. Um sure which I think is is really cool. It just makes you feel like you got to uh, experience something unique and special more than yeah. anything else.
0: But you, you know what I mean, though, in terms of the sense of like, if you're doing, if you're really doing something, if you're really involved in and in doing something that you love and, it, and is your passion that, that hope or hopefully would come out in the product or, you know, whatever your output is in terms of the work you do. Right. So, I'm thinking in, in your case, too, because you do love the, 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 the material you're working with, the lifestyle generally of which you're shooting, that that also then improves the quality of your of your photos.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, to like go on, on like a deeper level, I think that I made the choice to not go to university, not get a real job. Uh, and moved to Whistler to become a ski bum. and I think that photography in some way was trying to help me validate that the decision that I made was the right one. Right. At that time, I had no interest in having a career. So it's interesting now when I look back, that um, it did end up you know blossoming into a career, and that I worked really hard. So my mm. my big dreams of being a ski bum, and not working and living this minimalistic life changed because of photography. <laughs> you failed. <laughs> I, yeah, I failed like, that. I like to think that I'm still a ski bum. i is an incredibly, <laughs> incredibly accomplished one. Maybe. You know? <laughs> but but I but that's but that the the connection to that is um, that you know the magazines that I was looking at you know things like Powder Magazine or Bike Magazine they. The, the the photography and the photographers that were in there was very f- fixated on experience and what it's like to experience this location, what it's like to experience this moment. Um, uh, that was different than just sort of like documenting something mm. that somebody was doing. And I instantly connected that I wanted to validate my experience and I wanted to show other people that these extraordinary experiences were something that was worth seeing and right, right. that's that's a and a very important connection of of the way that i approached photography and the way that i wanted to shoot my photos yeah yeah
0: Let, let's jump to let's jump to image two um just because we're on we're so in, we're so invested in this kind of idea right now of kind of living that experience. And this is, I mean, this is an incredible shot. Why, why, uh, why this one, why did you choose this one? I mean, apart from it being an incredible shot.
1: Yeah. I mean, I really, it's hard. There's so many. Uh, yeah. I know that, um, have incredible stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I think that this one, was special because this this is kind of like what I said before I felt like I had put a bunch of years into shooting skiing and you know it was a couple years where I did both skiing and biking and that kept sort of like year-round thing but at a certain point the skiing and snow sports just took over and I felt like um, right about this time was Finally, when I had industry support and a lot of people that believed in me and I felt like this particular image was the start of really um, being able to utilize those tools and creating uh, stuff that people hadn't seen before. Right. So it was a big big breakthrough in um, being able to make 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 things happen with all with um with the right budget the right mechanics all the moving parts to um to really provide a a different perspective that um really blew people away and that's that was a big change in my ski photography right there and i really just focused on you know that how, how important it was to to reinvent the wheel or all or or be reinventing new perspectives on the same thing because skiing is something that everything can look so similar um how do you make it stand out you know that was the real um and no day is the same like all my years of shooting ski photography you'll never ever have the same day twice you'll never have the same stars aligned the same way um and that that became part of the the job and part of how I approach things that, that there is no tomorrow. There's only right now and that nobody, not even myself will be able to come back a week later and recreate this image. Sure. Well, yeah, and that I mean, created a lot of value and job security and um, just uh, demand yeah. for me. And um, I pretty much, you know, for pretty much like another 10 years, I was one one of the top cute, you know, snow sports photographers in the world because right. of that. Right.
0: I mean, just on, like, with that idea of kind of, you know, never capturing that, uh, you know, the conditions or the moment, you know, in the same way twice, like even if a photo like this, you know, <laughs> you can't, you can't script that really. Can you, um, just the way that the light is happening, the turn that he or she is making there, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming this was done from a helicopter. Yeah. 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 Just the, just that the position that that helicopter happened to be in at that moment. Um, you know, you must be, you're, I, I, you must be taking tons of shots. I imagine in this, in this sequence, right.
1: Um, yeah. And, uh, it's the way, the way I look at it is it's like, you don't have anywhere near like the control, the visual control, like, like you do have in like a studio that says we're going to create this and it's going to look exactly like this. And yeah, you're sort of all you can really do is have all of these incredibly challenging variables. Yeah. Um, with the skiers, uh, with the pilots with, um, um, you know, even just getting there, getting the budgets, making the trip materialize the weather, the snow, the right day, scoping out the train, coming Mm -hmm. back to the train and, and all the communication that's required. You just, the amount that goes into just sort of being in the position there to do that Mm -hmm. is so immense. But even at that point, you still really don't know how it's going to go down. You just sort of have to have this sort of visual anticipation that goes Mm -hmm. with the whole process. Mm -hmm. And then in the, in the moment it, it, it comes out. And I think, I I think it's just one of the most exciting things Mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. Um, when, when you sort of, um, make these stars align in a, in a somewhat, pre-manifested way um because you you would never be able to create an image like that um if it was just totally on the fly it would you would just miss it you wouldn't even see it you know right right
0: are you still are you still learning do you think i mean i think we all you know we all do but like are you still you know from shoot to shoot are you kind of like oh wow that happened or you know like there's still some aha big ahas for you
1: I think I'm learning more than ever now. And I, you know, it's kind of like that old saying, like the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I feel like that is really true. Um, yeah. yes. And uh, as you start to broaden your horizons and look at, at other things, you're just like, Oh man, I just mm. don't really know anything. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's humbling, but I think it's actually good to embrace it. Sure. Um,
0: um, let's go to, let's go to your third image. Um, speaking of kind of shifting and kind of, you know, being creative, a, a bit of a shift here. I mean, in terms of choices, in terms of the work, uh, you've been involved with, but maybe not. So why this one?
1: Um, so I think I chose this image cause I just wanted to choose something that, um, you know, sh- shows the, the where my career has just kind of evolved.
0: Yeah. And,
1: um, and, you know, I started getting into commercial photography probably like eight years ago, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe like one shoot a year that would just kind of like randomly come in because of my action sports portfolio, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And uh, what was really interesting is I pretty much botched all of them because (laughs) i had no idea how the commercial work i had no idea how production work i had no idea how ad agencies work i didn't know i didn't know anything the only thing i realized that i knew was what i knew right right and um i think by getting a little couple doses of failure i became fascinated with it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and just wanting to learn how to Because I, 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 it's sort of like, I felt like I wasn't given the chance. It's sort of like someone hired me for this ability to create these images, but I got put in a scenario that I wasn't able to set myself up for success because I was missing all of these other parts and missing all this other knowledge. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like, you know, it started with like some car shoots, um, you know, things where I don't really, I don't really know anything about shooting cars. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how these car productions work. I don't know. I don't know anything. Mm, mm. So I just kind of became fascinated with it um, and started to learn. Everyone was still a struggle, but I kind of got better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned more about how that industry worked a little bit more, mm-hmm. um, started meeting more people and, but all the time I also realized that people were still hiring me because there was something in my action sports stuff that they wanted to inject in right. these other genres that were outside of it. Right. Right. You know, um, whether it was, you know, um, cars or lifestyle shoots or, or whatever, there's still, um, something in my roots that needed to be connected. So I realized that it was important to, to not let go of that. Um, mm-hmm. But I also, as you know, last couple of years, um, I've found it really hard to actually shoot skiing and shoot, um, action sports content that I so passionately did for a long time. Cause I'm so busy doing commercial work now.
0: Okay.
1: And then I realized that I don't, I don't have any personal work anymore because before the personal work was all the work. Mm -hmm. But now when it's just specifically for clients, I don't, it's so tailored towards them. It doesn't, it doesn't have the same personal connection as, as my action sports work did. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And I obviously can't, it doesn't go anywhere other than what those clients use it for other than my website, you know? Yeah. So I was feeling, and I was also starting to feel a little bit directed by who hired me. you know what 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 they wanted me to do was kind of directing my my ship creatively right and for the so for the first time i was like you know what i need to actually do what other photographers do and separate the commercial work from personal and actually do a personal shoot that that combines all of the elements of of who I am and and where I want to go and start dictating that more myself mm-hmm. so I did I did a, I I self-produced um a shoot with a couple of friends of mine that were other uh, fashion designers and I was like I want to do an automotive shoot that's super creative and has the look and feel of you know same kind of as 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 everything i've done in my history you know and um this is an image that came from that shoot this that was shot um not that long ago like last fall okay and this Uh, is just this is just a, a personal interest shoot for you then exactly so there's no client um and the other thing that i really learned that was really cool about it is by taking the client part out of it, it becomes art again. And and it becomes something that is of value for everybody on the shoot. You know, there's pretty much just as many people on this shoot as a paid commercial shoot, but Mm -hmm. they they all work for free and they all loved it because Mm -hmm. they, you know, whether it's the clothing designers, the hair and makeup, the, you know, my assistants, um, everybody that contributed was like, this is really cool. And, and I also designed the concept so that everybody could have the content and do whatever they wanted with it. Right. And, right. Um, it all made them feel like they, they had a piece of input and that they all had their little slice of, of creating a piece of art just, just for the sake of, of doing that. Yeah. And I found that that was super refreshing. And now I've made this switch to kind of want that, that this is, this is what I want to do all the time. Mm. And this will, this will actually help steer my commercial career. Right. Right. And that the commercial work just becomes um, a part of this process. So yeah. I feel like I've kind of, used my action sports identity and what I've learned from commercial work and fused it together. And mm-hmm. now I'm back to sort of creating what, what I want to create again. Yeah.
0: that's so. no, it's very cool. But it's interesting. When you, when you do, when you do look at somebody's work, like Chris's, for example, you know, very different world in terms of the content, but do you see things in Someone like his work, or other fashion photographers, for example, and you say like, "Oh yeah, that's really cool. Like, I'd like to use that."
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that what really what all photographers have to offer, like what the real currency is, is is inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all, you know, it's it's sort of like that saying like all art is stolen. Um, mm. it's, it's pretty true other than I don't like to use the word stolen because stolen means to be taken advantage of, but really, I think that every, all of us are offering up it for free. It's, it's, right. it's up to people to be inspired and, and to take it, you right? know, from, and infuse it into what we're doing. Um, and I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm very fascinated with other genres that I, like fashion and like Chris Knuckles's work, because I'm like I'm like I would have no idea how to do this. You know what right. I mean? And I look at it, and I just try to like you try to like re- reverse engineer stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. when you go through the motions of uh, being inspired and taking all of these pieces, and then and then sort of doing things on your own, it's 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 amazing where where it'll come from because you know plagiarism is just taking from one source but if you take it from 20 different sources it's it's research (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I find that now I'm spending the majority of my time doing research and planning more complicated shoots whereas like for so many years it was just about the lifestyle and the adventure and you know you charge out in the helicopter or the snowmobile like young guns blazing and uh have no plan um other than just you were an expert in 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 that type of media and you knew what was cool and what worked Mm -hmm. but i think now things are i spend so much time researching um uh other photographers art in general anything that i that i can consume to um to, to 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 build a concept and i and i put way more effort into building those concepts on on paper you know right. building um i i design shoots and in, in, in design now and i okay. and really go through a lot of the motions of 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 planning something that um is a lot more complicated yeah and yeah. uh you know you it technically that the, the photo the, the third photo there it, it is a is it a it, it is a fashion shoot and yeah, i don't know yeah. anything about fashion
0: <laughs> yeah
1: zero <laughs> um i've shot clothing shoots for outdoor companies but that's i think a different beast yeah
0: are you ready for some quick fire questions here sure all right here we go <clears throat> First one, favorite time of the day with your young one?
1: Um, oh my gosh. I, I, know. I, like, I love every second of the day, but I think that <laughs> right when she wakes up from a nap okay, and, and she just kind of opens up her eyes, and, and that, I feel for some reason there's a little bit of magic there.
0: That That is a magical time for sure. Absolutely. Um, I feel like I know they answered this question already, but studio or outdoors
1: um i'll always say outdoors yeah you know the the, the outdoors is a studio too yeah
0: nice um you're going to you're going to a deserted island and you can only take one thing with you your choice is either your bike or your skis which one do you take I guess if you're on a deserted island, you might be only biking. You won't be skiing necessarily, but okay.
1: Well, I mean, it could be <laughs> on uh, Iceland or Antarctica or something. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So what would you do, uh, bike, bike or ski?
1: I think I would, it would have to be the skis because the skis okay. are a tool for travel. You can go anywhere. Uh, you yeah. might probably end up walking with your bike a lot, <laughs> 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 which I've done. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Um,
0: and you know, and because this podcast is 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 really kind of like a, a, a although it is the rooted in like photography and imagery, um, it does also about kind of personal growth and personal development. So if you could improve one thing about Blake Jorgensen, what would it be?
1: Just keep working on being humble and embrace failure. Okay. Be- better and better. The more okay. the better you can embrace failure, the the easier it is to figure out how to how to hit home runs.
0: And last one, and I, you know, this is kind of like a uh, like a watermelon pitch here, but your go to comfort food.
1: Go to comfort food.
0: Yeah. Um, People beer- want to know. People want to know this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Six pack. No.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be lunch, right? No.
0: It, well, yeah, you many know, in many parts of the world, it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm I've always had a fetish for sour candies. <laughs> uh, yeah. If someone were to offer me, you know, uh food before I hit the firing squad, I'd probably say a pack of cherry blasters. <laughs> there you go. Nice, nice.
0: Awesome. Um that's it. Thanks for coming on the show, Blake. All
1: right, thanks yeah. for uh thanks for having me.
0: If you're interested in looking at more of Blake's uh, amazing stuff, the best way to do that is probably through his website, I would, I would imagine. And that is uh BlakeJorgensen.com. I'll put that into the notes of the pods podcast. Uh, similarly uh, through Instagram, uh, which is at Blake Jorgensen, And again, I'll put that in the podcast. you know, because again, it, it's a personal development podcast in many ways, but it, it, it is also about great images too. So I think, that Blake uh, is living that he's he's uh, talked about kind of the passion. And I think that that is really reflected in the incredible quality of the stuff that he produces. So once again, thanks, Blake. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thanks Mark. Much appreciated.
0: And that's this week's episode. My thanks to Blake Jorgensen for coming on the show And so cool to hear, you know, Blake's perspective on his career um, from early days and Whistler and kind of how it's progressed to this position where he is now of doing, you know, really shoots, creative shoots that he's interested in. And he's, you know, using all of the tools that he's learned along the way and plugging those into these new shoots. And I think they're, you know, it's awesome. It's awesome that he keeps on learning, keeps on exploring. Lessons for us all. Um, as always, uh, please just, uh, download the episode. please subscribe to the uh, podcast, however you get those through uh, Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, all the links to those are in the pot- notes to the podcast. And again, if you've got suggestions or comments you want to make, you can do that on the, you can do that on the website in comments or you can just pop me an email uh, either through my email address, info at markagessphootography.com or through the contact sheet on the website. I always want to hear from you. I'm always open to suggestions. So keep on doing it. So that's it, my friends. I hope you have a great week wherever you are and wherever you're tuning in from. And until we talk again, as always, take care.